0: Did you know that in the country of the Philippines, there are 580 slums in the Metro Manila area where approximately 10 million people live? What is a slum and why are there so many slums? What is it like growing up in one of these slums where the average person lives on a dollar per day? How has God at work in these slums? That's the topic of today's episode. Welcome to the 360 Surb Podcast. I'm Mark Tyler president of 360 serve are you aware that 1 out of 3 people in our world have yet to even hear the name of jesus and the majority of these people who have yet to hear the name of jesus they live in areas where american missionaries are unable to freely share the gospel and plant churches but indigenous church planting pastors are already there living in these least reached areas and this is amazing Today is the greatest turning to Jesus our world has ever seen. And it's because indigenous church planting pastors are leading the charge, sharing God's love, and bringing the gospel to the least reached in our world. The 360 Serve podcast is dedicated to interviewing these amazing church planting pastors so you can hear straight from them the incredible things God is doing all over the world and how you can get involved. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Pastor Leo, our church planning movement leader from the Philippines. Pastor Leo, he's gonna introduce us to a vast least reached area in the Philippines, the slums of Metro Manila. Well, it's a blessing to be back once again with Pastor Leo from the Philippines, our movement leader there. How are you doing today, Pastor Leo?
1: I'm doing well, Pastor Mark. Uh, glad to be with you again in this time of uh, sharing, and uh, just be I'm, I'm really glad to just be joining you now.
0: Well, its it really is an honor to spend time like this, and I especially am looking forward to our listeners being able to take in... Uh, what we're going to talk about in this uh, segment, and it's on the slums that exist in Metro Manila, in the Philippines, the capital, and the surrounding area. And uh, the reason why this is so important, we're going to do an entire segment on this, is that this is the context in which the church planning pastors we support in your movement, they are targeting these areas for ministry. And I want us to just really unpack and and help our listeners to understand uh, what these slums are all about. And Leo, I know uh, this is going to be great. So how, how would you just go about introducing, you know, our listeners to the reality of these slums? You know, I mean, begin with some of the numbers, how many people live in them? How many are there? Those sort of things, and then take it from there.
1: Okay. Well, uh, when we talk about Manila, Metro Manila, uh, one word, will will probably catch it, and that's crowded. <laughs> uh, what I mean by that, we have 25 million uh, in the city, and that's a number that's just been increasing, I mean, over these years. Uh, uh, it went from 20, now it's 25, uh, somewhere about that. And that, not, that may not even include those who are migrating in and out every day, uh, mm. I mean, from these surrounding provinces. Uh, And uh, there's about maybe 35 to 40% who live in the slums. Okay, so that's about approximately 10 million people. And in that number, uh, that represents about 580 slum communities. By this time, as we speak, uh, that number may be actually higher. Uh, The reason is slums just sprout uh, in your neighborhood. Uh, where we have this saying, uh, keep your eyes open because the next morning you might have a neighbor who just planted his or he just opened his home right there and at the beginning of a slum community. And mm. uh, that's how we, we, say, we, we talk about slums just uh, sprouting around the city. Uh, these are people coming in, uh, trying to live on land that uh, really. Uh, we're going to talk more about that, but live in land mm-hmm. where they could just try to build uh, their life right there uh, in, mm-hmm. in the slum. No?
0: Wow! Yeah. What are some of the you know? How would you know this is a slum, Leo? And I've been in them, you know, many of them. But mm-hmm. how do you how do you what are the characteristics that you could physically actually just look at and say, okay, this is a slum area? Right uh, in
1: in the community uh, or work that we have. Uh, the one thing that we begin with is looking at the numbers uh, of people that live in an area. And one of that is uh, normally a slum community would be consisting of about 500 families. And that number goes up because when we say families, we're talking about people giving birth. And uh, that just keeps increasing every year. And so about that number of 500 families to 600 families, and almost when you go there, you would not see uh, a road. A, there's no organization of utilities, no electricity, no water. Uh, so you actually see electricity, but you don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> so you see wires coming from nowhere. And, you know, this is not really the normal way things are done, but it's happening. And... <sighs> Uh, There would be no schools uh, in the area. There would be no some kind of organization. You don't know which way to go. Uh, And normally in in these communities that we go, uh, what you will see is uh, there are no stores that are built like uh, they're organized stores, but they're just like uh, a vending stores. Uh, We call them sari-sari stores that they just Mm -hmm. brought just to, For people to buy their soap, their salt, their whatever little thing that they need for the house, a candle uh, or, uh, you know, any sweet things or, or, uh, you know, little food that they can get. So Mm -hmm. this is the kind of uh, uh, environment there we're looking at. Basically, a slum is an area of a settlement, but we call Mm -hmm. it an informal settlement because it's like they're not supposed to be there. But the economic challenge that they go through uh, forces them almost to live in a place like this. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's not a good place really to, to grow your, your family, but it's their survival yeah. to, st- mm-hmm. to stay there. Right.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about some of the challenges they face. Where it's, I mean, these are dangerous places. Talk about. You know, and, and it's amazing, too, because you'd mentioned, and our people are hearing this, you know, 500, 600 families. But then you can have thousands and thousands <laughs> of families because, like, you have one slum area that's a million people, right? I mean, is that Payatas? Yes, Paiatus? yes. It, yes. It, you know, I mean, so there are all these different sizes when I was there. It blew me away. Oh, yeah. You know, yes. humanity finds a way, right, to live and survive. and, But, right. you know, talk about some of this, man, the, the moral challenges and the— what it like yes. to live in these environments, uh, Leah? Yes,
1: yes. Well, uh, first of all, uh, Pastor Mark, the reason Payada is so big is the phenomenon of, and this is a little bit hard to understand, but we call it uh, the land is not owned. So people hmm. live on rights. Uh, so I'll just say title versus rights. And this is a phenomenon, I think, in many uh, developing or rather third world countries and uh, this is what happened in Payatas. Uh, people have migrated there and it basically, uh, you know, exploded in number. Uh, hmm. This is a very, very poor place. Now, when you go there, people are like, they're open. They're free-spirited mm-hmm. people. There are a lot of children moving around, running around. Oh, watch out. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, see, see this, uh, we call them, uh, uh, I don't know if you... Uh, we have tricycles, you've you tried those, yep. Uh, yep. Pastor Mark, and yep. also we have pedicabs. So you, mm-hmm. you have this uh, bicycle and, and there's a seat next to you and it's mm-hmm. open. Uh, you, you can get uh, uh, rained out or whatever, but that's that's the way people move around. Mm. And people who live here, when you go there, are, I would say, survivors. They're resilient mm. survivors. Almost, you're looking at people who are there sitting on on the pavement or or just beside their house, uh, you know, smoking, drinking, uh, you know, chatting uh, with their shirt off. I mean, for the men and uh, the women washing their clothes on the street. Mm -hmm. So you see a picture of uh, people between hope and despair, hoping and despair. You see… People, uh, men, the, the I think we talked about this uh, in our in our previous uh, time. Uh, we like social groups here, and so mm-hmm. men come together for drinking. That's their that's their social group, and more often than not, it's uh, they get drunk. So yeah, it, it's a common thing. Walking and you know you see those men, uh, they're gonna look at you. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's kind it's, you're kind of in danger. Either they say come over and join us because they're friendly, but it's also dangerous to yeah. actually walk into those. And so we have this. And then also we have a lot of young people that you will see. So, you know, they color their hair, they, <laughs> they, they, and a big part is music. So it's quite noisy. Just, just moving around, mm. uh, noisy in the morning, afternoon, evening. Uh, but, uh, also, it's a very mixed place, meaning Philippines is uh, markedly a Catholic country, but in these slums also we have bigger groups as well, like Muslim groups. So when you go into payatas, there's a a, a section where it becomes the uh, Muslims who are, are living there. and uh, But the sense that I'll say is this. In slum communities, they are open. The word is open, meaning they're open to... To, to the gospel, yeah. but they're open to everything. Meaning uh, they're open to drugs. They're open to whoever comes in and tells them something, yeah. a, a, a false faith, a, a false promise. They're the, the most vulnerable people. probably. They'll mm-hmm. grab onto anything. So yeah. they can be people who can get hooked into drug, uh, drug groups or prostitution groups. And uh, a lot of things that are not meant to be for young people. And and so this is a place where everything is uh, going on and uh, actually building up as well because, you know, when they become organized, this become places where people run to. Like drug problems, uh, more often than not, uh, we see cops, you know, going into the the slum and uh, they're running after someone. They go in in the small Alleys, running, running after someone, mm. and that's because you know it's it's very much inside. Uh, so yeah. this is the this is a picture of uh, the slums that we have, yeah. and particularly big big areas like payatas. They are so big that you can get lost. Yeah. I I get lost, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pastor Mark, and, yeah. and so sometimes <laughs> I I we're we're like I, I I need to find my way back to where I came in. So, so yeah. That's how
0: it is. Well, it's desperation. You know, they live on a dollar or less a day. That's hard for us to imagine yes. in this area. Yes. yes. And talk a little, you know, I know that for women and the, the the rate of pregnancy and, you know, I mean, girls, what is that like in these areas, Leo? Uh,
1: it's common that when they reach 14, uh, it's almost like pregnancy happens uh, for a lot of mm. uh, these young girls. And the reason is... Uh, and we have not done a complete study on this, but it's happening here in Manila, uh, in the slums of Manila, but it's also happening in other slums in like Cebu, where we also have a team there. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, the reason is we, we're looking at young uh, young girls who are not able to mm. get education. And they're just mm-hmm. there, just having fun in yeah. the, in there. And, and so the, the the boys that come along also are without without work. They, they go to school, but more, more, more and more of them are what we call out-of-school youth. Mm. Uh, so this is one big uh, opportunity, actually, when, when it comes to education. But uh, at age 14, either you know the morals of, say, or the dream of going to school, having a, a future, uh, that goes to the side. And they get yeah. pregnant, and they get involved with uh, either uh, a lot of drinking, drugs, uh, not very healthy relationships. And, yeah. of course, a child is born and they get into burdens of raising a kid at the age of 14. Uh, wow. some, in some rare occasions, you see a, a person holding a child and she's 12. That's, that's not yeah. so good to look at. Yeah. So wow. uh, you know, it's it's really pain. It's a pain that you see, uh, you'll feel in your heart when you see see this thing going on. Yeah. And so uh, this this uh, people who who live here, by the way, uh, in many areas that we come to are they're very close to either a uh, dump site, mm-hmm. or uh, the reason is the dump site is a place where people scavenge for for food, uh, scraps. And that's how they get by uh, mm. lo- looking for food. So uh, Payates is one big, large, I mean, very large uh, area. And there, w- the biggest uh, uh, dump site we had, which collapsed uh, many, many years ago, uh, was in this place also. So it's almost like mm. a community that uh, rose up or that, that grew up out of a dump site. That's how I call it. Wow. So that's a reality for many.
0: That's where Jesus uh, would go. And we're going to talk about that, you know, in future segments. Let's put some faces on just people that you've met over the years, Leo, that I know have touched your heart. Uh, And you could just tell some stories about some individuals that I think will help, you know, just our listeners get a better sense or build on already what you've shared. Uh, I think there's, is there a Marinelle that you could talk about?
1: Yes, yes. Oh, Marnel is a story that uh we will always remember. Marnell, the first day we opened the I mean, knocked on her door. Well, these doors are not <laughs> these are flipsy doors. Yeah. And the first word that you hear are not very good words. Uh she's uh, really cursing at you. I mean, big curse in Filipino language. And uh, it's almost a, cur- a curse with, what are you doing here? Get out of this here. Get out of this place. A very angry, uh, like, uh, she doesn't care. She doesn't want to see you. Get out of here, uh, out of my place. I, you have, And that's a representation of a lot of women, or rather particularly young mothers who wait for their husband to, and again, uh, because they're very poor, normally husbands are, uh, you know, they, they're driving for uh, a construction company or they're just plainly uh, working on a, a low income, uh, daily income kind of a job. And the one thing that Marinelle was really with a lot of her life is really, how do I survive? Her anger comes from this sense of having so little. And barely making it, so her husband gets the brunt of that coming coming in uh, every time. Uh, he he comes home, and uh, I mean, probably he's, uh, he's still not home, and he, he already feels the the, the fuming marinelle uh, about to uh, swallow him up. And this is the woman we met, but uh, one day. Uh, you know, we kept going to her, and uh, I just want to say, Pastor Mark, this was a revolution that happened. Well, she was uh, moved because a big flood hit Manila. Uh, she was already poor, and she was relocated to another poor section where we were. Uh, and then that's where we met, and, and that's where she, she was cursing, cursing us to the face, but then, you know, things have turned around. Uh, we, she, she opened her life uh, to Jesus. And this is what has happened. You know, the, the, the one testimony that really uh, comes to me now of Pastor Mark is her husband. One day mm-hmm. comes and, you know, we were in a meeting and she was right there in our Bible study. And her husband comes, who does not know God. And he comes and says, you know, he talks about his wife. My wife is not cursing at me anymore. What's, what's this going on? <laughs> and it's been weeks and weeks, and she's not, you know, coming at me and, uh, you know, clawing on me for money. what's was what's this one? And there he, he spoke of the change he saw in his wife. He, he came to know the Lord because of his wife's change. And then their daughter Hazel, Hazel's daughter, uh, out of that we were able to help her uh, uh, give, uh, help her through her education. Education is just very difficult. But, uh, mm-hmm. We were able to, you know, the whole family like meeting Jesus all together.
0: Yeah, and uh, well, these, coming, are, the story, these right, are the stories. These are the stories right. I love, Leo. And uh, yes. We're going to tell story after story after story because I know of the openness
1: uh, right. of
0: just these people for Christ. We're going to get into that when right. we talk about church planners. Tell us uh, another yes. story. What I'm trying to do right now, just get the feel for what it's like for these folks who don't know Jesus to live in these areas, oh, yeah. the challenges they're facing. What about Alex? Just uh, Yeah.
1: We'll- Alex is a uh, guy who uh, is a janitor. He works in a school— high school uh, nearby his place. And uh, living in the slums is really where environment is, is always very hot. Well, Manila is a hot place, <laughs> but uh, living in the slums like doubles it up. Uh, you live in a place that you don't own. And uh, the, the, the general weight of being in the slums is really a, a a despair, a sense of mm. I can't come out of this weight of poverty. And he's, he's he, he goes to drinking a lot. So one of the times we were in a Bible study, he joins in and this is very common in the slums. And he smells, you can smell it uh, right there. Uh, but th- this is the, the thing that's with them. Uh, the slums are like, uh, people who live there lives in a weight of uh, a poverty of and hopelessness, but then at the same time a sense of with one hand holding the weight, but the other is with a hand open and kind of waiting for something to happen. So mm. that's a sense of like how people are in in, in these slums of Metro Manila. Uh, mm. One hand that carries the weight of pain and poverty and a brokenness of, of either a, a, a broken life, like a lot of them are from, uh, you know, broken by, by poverty that they go into drugs or, or, or uh, bad relationships. For, mm. for Alex, it's just really uh, drinking was his way through. That's what probably his way to cope with just being in the slum Mm. and a good thing. He, one day he just passed by and he was there with us. And Mm. that's what I mean by the open hands. Like,
0: where do I go with this? What an amazing opportunity. (laughs) I I think people are hearing that. And this is why we are partnering with you, Leo, because yeah, Jesus, I mean, he went, and loved everyone of every, you know, economic uh, level. But his heart, you know, just the poor. Oh, how he ministered! And so, yes. tell us about Irwin. Yeah, uh, one
1: of the things that uh, when we when we talk about the slums, uh, the reality of the environment is also, I mean, physical environment is is something that is a a daily thing. What I'm talking about is. You're facing sickness every single day, Uh, sickness of all kinds. uh, Mm Particularly, I mean, in Manila, one of the big things are uh, would be apart from you know uh, uh, skin diseases and uh, but the big one is respiratory diseases. A lot of children um, contract is it how to say that contract uh, Mm -hmm. uh, asthma uh, at a young age Uh, in Payatas, for example. Uh, one of the bigger problems is uh, when the, you know, this uh, pile of garbage, when they burn, uh, they burn from the bottom. It's mm. like, where's <laughs> that smoke coming? Anyway, uh, what I'm talking about is the the fumes of that is inhaled. Wow. By IP. One yeah. of the things that's hard, the first time I went into uh, a, a slum was like opening the door of uh, your vehicle and you you walk in and something like, you you get punched in the face, like uh, you know, like what I mean, like somebody punch you, and the punch is a, a stench of <laughs> mm. <laughs> garbage coming. That's how it feels like going to Anyway, back back to uh, uh uh, Irwin uh, he has a family and this this child uh, they have uh, they bring to you know look, we, we look at him and we, they. They uh, one day he brings a child to uh, no, he's sick with asthma, and and so this, this is a picture of what it's like for them, uh, to to be facing this daily challenge of sicknesses in mm-hmm. in those places. So, respiratory problems, and uh, Erwin, the reason I bring him up is because. A big part of that is, uh, you know, that's when prayer begins to open out. Mm. They talk about, please pray. Uh, in our language, of course. But uh, we are running our child to the, the, the clinic. He can't mm. breathe or something. That's very, very common. In, uh, and all kinds of sicknesses uh, happen. You know? uh, uh, yeah. Either respiratory, skin disease, or... Some kind of lump coming out and, and things like that. These are realities that happen uh, among uh, the people in the slums, and so Irwin uh, pictures that for for me uh, a lot because of uh, what they go through. Yeah,
0: yeah. So this is uh, this is really helpful, Leo. It it really is. I mean, we have uh, you know the poor, obviously, we see everywhere. They're encamped on the side of freeways. We see all of these uh, types of, you know, small kind of slums rising up really all over the United States. But Mm -hmm. not at the level that it is in the Philippines where you have this concentrated area of just millions, like you're saying, crowded is how you describe it. You know, um, we're going to get into and discuss the ministry and how you guys go about ministering in these areas in, in future uh, episodes. But how can, how can as we just wrap this session up, how can we pray for these millions of people that are in these slum areas, Leo? I mean, you're ministering there day in, day out. How can we pray for them?
1: Yeah. Uh, God is... I, 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 I pause here, Pastor Mark, because when you say pray, I feel like God is already... In the slums, hmm. and waiting for us to join him, Amen. to step in and say, "Come with me, because I'm here." And so that one prayer comes to my heart right now to say, "Come, let's let's go there together." Hmm. More than an invitation to say, "Let's go where God is going." And so that's my big prayer, really, in my mind, uh, in my heart. The other one is to pray for the openness of, of, of the slums. One of the things that is difficult to say, uh, Pastor Mark, is when we see tragedy happen, you know, people dying, literally dying, Mm. or hunger, uh, or sickness, uh, uh, breaking of families, when you see conflicts that are very violent at home, in the slums, uh, it's hard to see that. But those are the things that God somehow uh, breaks through, that something opens up where we can bring in the gospel. So open mm. hearts is a, a big prayer as well. Yeah. So oh. us joining God and for us to say, God continue to open this place Amen. to receive uh, the presence, the, the salvation, the hope that God brings. Wow. And, uh, that
0: is fantastic. Uh, thank you, Leo. I know that's, uh, gonna move us. Uh, why we're listening right now? Because we care. We 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 care. The gospel has changed our lives, and we know there's power in prayer. And so we are gonna join you, all the church planners who we're gonna get to know in future episodes, and and join the Lord. You know, in where He's already at work, in lifting up um, these that are in these areas uh, that God loves so much. So, thank you, Leo, Pastor Leo. We love you. And uh, praise the Lord for our time together today. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Glad to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Leo, for sharing with us your heart for the poor and for introducing us to the slums of Metro Manila, where all the church planners we support serve. I trust you now have a more accurate picture of the slum areas and a better understanding of the challenges these 10 million least-reached people face who live in these locations. I pray the stories Pastor Leo shared have touched your heart deeply and that the Lord is building in you and in me a greater compassion for those who live in these areas. Luke chapter 9, verse 36 says this, When Jesus saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. May the Lord develop in all of us this same type of compassion. Here's your action step of the day. Pray for the people who live in the 580 slums of Metro Manila. God knows each of them by name and loves them so much Pray that God will use the church planners we support to bring God's love and the gospel message to thousands who live in these areas. As Pastor Leo shared, let's pray for openness and wisdom to bring the gospel to these areas. Thank you for joining this episode. I pray you've been encouraged, inspired, and maybe even challenged by what you've heard. I can't wait for our next episode as I will ask Pastor Leo from the Philippines to share with us how the church planters we support go into these slum areas and plant churches. You will learn about the five steps they follow, the health risks all the church planters face, and also the amazing receptiveness the poor in these areas have toward the church planters we support. It's a beautiful story that will encourage you greatly. Until then, may the Lord bless you.